everyone, and welcome back to the Cisco Optics Podcast, where we talk about pluggable optics for networks. Cisco's 8000 series router changed the game in high-end routers, thanks in large part to the Silicon One ASIC. It also introduced to the industry some of the first 400 gig ports, along with Cisco's QSAPDD form factor pluggable optics. This is episode 33, and we continue our conversation with Amar Khan, product management leader for the 8000 series router. In this episode, we talk about security features in the 8000 router. Amar received his BSEE at the University of Oklahoma and an MBA from Santa Clara University. He started his career as a member of the technical staff at an ASIC emulation startup, where he worked on cutting-edge ASIC and FPGA designs. His first foray into networking system design was at another startup based out of Massachusetts. He then moved to Broadcom through the company's acquisition and launched and managed products with over $250 million in revenue. In 2010, he moved to Ericsson's IP division and defined their Edge router line with an annual revenue of over $150 million. Amar joined Cisco in 2018 and has been with the 8000 series router team for over four and a half years. He's worked on various areas of the 8000 product line, including fixed and modular systems, line cards, fabrics, optics, platform security, and more. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. On Apple Podcasts, you would click the plus button at the top now. We're part of the Cisco Podcast Network. Check out our blog at blogs.cisco.com and search on hashtag Cisco Optics blog, all one word, no hyphen and no spaces. You'll find podcast notes and links there too. For our YouTube playlist, go to youtube.com and search on Cisco Optics. And for product information, go to cisco.com slash go slash optics. And now, join me as I talk with Amar Khan. So going back to this uh, this idea that the bar is being raised, you mentioned like all this redundancy is is valued now. Mm-hmm. Is it the same players that are just upping the bar, or are there more customers now kind of jumping on the bandwagon of requiring more I, reliable yeah. networks? I, I think we have really brilliant, smart customers, both in the web and as SP, and I think uh, the amount of um, they, they have always um, they have always been very um, uh, you know careful, very deliberate in terms of uh, all the selection of hardware and everything else, um, and, and working with us. So they are more demanding now. Uh, they have always been demanding, but the scrutiny is more mm-hmm. because of uh, you know all these different optics that are coming out, 400 gig and everything else. And we we, we just have to be um, you know. We, we just have to address their concerns because at the end of the day, these are our customers, right? And we want mm-hmm. to make sure that if our customers are asking for something, we deliver. And, you know, like I said, it's not a Cisco selling session, but our customers' feedback has been, and they're very, we obviously solicit feedback, but they are very good at providing us good feedback. And mm-hmm. we've made some, uh, you know, we have introduced some features in our products and I'm sure in uh, optics as well, based on our customer feedback. Um, and, and uh, you know, there are so many of them. Oh. Are, are there any examples you're at liberty to oh, yes, of course. describe? Yes, yes, yes. I, I'll give you one example, which is uh, which to me is a just true innovation, is um, standard-based security features that we have introduced in 8000 
that our customers, uh, you know, obviously networks are expanding, right? So, so a network mm -hmm. is an attack surface. So, you know, it's prone to cyber attacks. So mm -hmm. because networks are expanding and one of the concerns that customers have, and it, it, to me, it's, uh, it's very, um, uh, it's very reasonable. And I, I think uh, this should have happened earlier. And Cisco has done it, by the way, uh, with all our products. And that is uh, establishing identity of hardware. And then be able to uh, secure the supply chain so that there is no hardware breach. Be able to establish, uh, like I said, uh, identity of hardware. And then have mechanism in the box um, so that you protect against or, or do something like what we call secure JTAG. You know, it's very common. Uh, I haven't done it, but I know that some folks I know, they've done it, that, you know, JTAG ports are used for testing, right? So you leave the JTAG ports alone and, and sometimes... And, Sorry, and them Sorry what is a JTAG port? It's, um, it's, it's a port that is used to do board level testing. Right, so but there are no issues at the board level, and make sure that all the board is laid out properly. So it's just for like a utility purpose. It it, it is it it is part of your design process, uh, the oh. JTAG port, right? And what it really stands for is, um, you know, uh, joint test actions. Something I think it's joint test action group, is what they call it. Okay. So it's an industry standard to to uh, verify uh, printed circuit board designs. Right? So you have a printed circuit board mm -hmm. with components on okay. it and you have a JTAG port and it connects to all the components and it sends a bit stream and then it receives it back to make sure everything is laid out properly, proper, properly. you don't have any, um, you know, on the, on, on the uh, lines that you have laid out, you don't have uh, something that is broken or, you know, it, it is from design automation work. Um, so, so I'm familiar with it because I use these components when I used to do board design. So okay. um, th that is, uh, and, and one drawback with that, so there is a port and you need a JTAG uh, uh, equipment to be able mm -hmm. to send the bitstream and receive it and look at it and then make some intelligent uh, decisions based on what you have received. Um, okay. But a lot of time what people do is they leave that JTAG port alone. And then some smart people would come in, tap into that JTAG port and download your memory dump. Right, get a memory dump and then reverse. Oh, I see. So it's a security. Uh, yes, it's a security breach. hole. So we monitor JTAG ports on all the port on all the all the boards, and if we see any any activity, we we uh, we brick the box. We we stop the box from functioning, and we send out wow. a warning. And we are like, hey, you know, something is wrong. There's a breach, and um, so that that that's something that happens seamlessly. We seamlessly when you boot the box, we seamlessly check. Uh, something uh, for all the components on the board, we check their identity and we compare it with a signature that we have placed into a trusted platform module chip, which is a passive chip that hangs off of the CPU. So and how it, do you check the identity? So how, the way we check the identity is that at the manufacturing time, when you know it is going through the manufacturing line, we scoop up all the, uh, the, the, the IDs and we create a signature out of it. And we store that signature in uh, a NVMe, uh, in, in TPM that has a non-volatile memory that we can erase or you can write into. And then, 
So it's always there. That signature is there, and it is part of uh, a XR509 certificate, I think. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, it's standards-based. So there is nothing proprietary. So, and then what we do is that every time you boot the box, the software goes out and creates that signature by picking up all the uh, chip IDs. And based on the chip IDs, it creates a signature. Oh, and, wow. then, and then what it does is that it compares it. It asks that TPM to give the original signature. And then it compares the two signatures together. And if there is a mismatch, then obviously there is a breach because there is the components, the original components are not there anymore. And that all happens. When you say component, what do you mean? Like, what could components be a component? would like, be uh, uh, NPU, your, you know, uh, big components that are power supply? The, uh, power supply or power chips or things like that. You know, uh, okay. major components, I would call it. Not the resistors and, you know, th things like that or capacitors. But some modularized. Uh, right. That is correct. Okay. And so, 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 so it, it checks for the signature. I mean, you know, and if there is a breach, then it will just, um, it will just um, uh, report that and breach that and, 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 and take corrective measures. So we do that automatically. The other thing that we do is secure boot, right? And secure boot is that, mm -hmm. again, the TPM has uh, a Cisco key. Cisco is a, you know, um, uh, it, it, we create our own keys, uh, public and private keys, and uh, we use them um, to verify the software. So every software that you download is a, has a signature, and you um, uh, check the signature uh, for accuracy or authenticity. And then once you find once you find out that it is authentic, then you uh, you know start the secure boot process. So everything is checked and verified. Every stage is checked and verified before the next stage is uh, executed. And we do all we, uh, all of that is done seamlessly. So uh, these are some of the innovative things that we have introduced. There's a lot of other there's a lot of other stuff that we have done. Obviously, one of the most other feedback was that power is very important. We want to make sure that we can do power effectively, and we've done that. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, you know, same OS across all the different uh, uh, parts of the network, uh, whether it's X, mm. uh, access, edge, aggregation, core. And with Silicon One, you certainly can achieve that. So it's not surprising to me that the, the first couple examples you gave are security-based, because that seems to be uh, a huge priority. Just... It, it it totally is, and I think security is going to be going to play a major role as we move forward. Um, and and uh, it, it is a very important that you want to secure your hardware, because you know uh, from an operational standpoint, um, it, it, it's very common when when our customers order something that gets delivered in one part of their network after you know so many days, and then it sits there and then they stage it and then they deploy it. So there is there is a time um, where uh, you've got to make sure that you, you uh, once it, when it's deployed after that mm -hmm. period of time, there hasn't been any breach of any kind, whether it's software or hardware. So we've covered a lot of ground. That was the fifth part of my conversation with Amar Khan. Next time, we'll get into the future of optics and routing. Subscribe to this podcast, and we'd really appreciate you helping to get the word out. 
Share this with friends and colleagues that come to mind when you think of network technology and optics and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We're also on all the other major podcast platforms. You may see the Cisco Podcast Network come up when you search for Cisco Optics Podcast. That's where we live and you can find other great podcasts there too. Also, check out the Cisco Optics blogs at blogs.cisco.com and search on hashtag Cisco Optics blog, no spaces and no hyphens. We also have educational videos on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and search on Cisco Optics. Thank you for listening. This is Pat Chow, Product Manager at Cisco Optics. Next episode is the sixth and final part of my conversation with Amar Khan. Until next time, 